1: Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Matter. My name is Fergus Craig, and I am joined by Dave Watson.
0: Hi, Fergus. How are you doing?
1: I'm not bad. And you will notice only Dave Watson. It's rare these days that we have a uh, a duologue of a podcast. A what um, I mean. <laughs> we're looking for a descriptor there. I used a a word straight out of A-level theatre studies. (laughs) Um, It's rare that we have a duet. Um, Unfortunately, Paul's unable to make uh, today's podcast recording because uh, according to him on WhatsApp, basically he's round the neighbours for dinner and uh, they just brought out some bourbon. And he's having too good a time, so just, he just doesn't want to do the podcast <laughs> recording. They'll bring that desserts and some bourbon, and given the choice between that and, and, they... and this, he's made his choice. <laughs> that's fine. It's, you know, that's up. I hope he's happy with that. That's up to him. Whether he, you know, if he's when he's lying on his deathbed, will he regret missing this podcast, or or would he have regretted missing? That dinner party, that, that London metropolitan <laughs> elite dinner party. I wonder what they're talking about, the dinner party, Dave.
0: Well, I was wondering... Are they be talking
1: it's... about our games against Brighton, Man City, Tranmere and Wolves and the signing of Isak? What, what doubt what it. Doubt it?
0: No. I'm worried that he's doing that thing that Willy Bolly did where he was supposed to turn up for our game and he didn't because he's angling for a move.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Maybe he's been headhunted by um, one of, a, a, a giant, a, a larger podcast, and in which case, fine, fine. You, you can yeah. go. You can go, Paul. We're not going to hold you back. We we had always said that you could use this podcast as a stepping stone. For <laughs> <laughs> and we're happy. For, we're happy for you. If that's the way it's worked out, we're happy for you. But yeah, I wonder what they're discussing at that dinner party. Probably something quinoa while probably discussing trans issues and and gas prices and whatever else they talk about these bloody dinner parties and whatever goes well i'm normally down the bloody pub with my bloody mates um okay let's do, let's do <laughs> um yes since the last podcast it's been a long time and i've realized that there's been some issues on where these podcasts have been landing and we just i've got no fucking idea what's going on dave tells me they're not on like a cast and whatever apparently they're they're still coming out on apple i hope you get this but if you don't at least me and dave have had some time away from our spouses so uh (laughs) uh, the last few games we've had brighton nil nil we've had manchester city 3-3 we've had uh, Tranmere in the Cup, which we won 2-1, and we most recently had Wolves 1-1. Actually, I've been like incredibly positive about us, and this doesn't change anything. But actually, reading over that, there's only one victory in there, and it's in the League Cup. Um, Dave, what's your um, overall thinking over the last few games?
0: Well, I was going to say that like at the beginning of a season, you... You, you target certain games for, for victories. You target certain games for like you know to pick up points, and, and there's certain games that you just sack off. And I would say that the, so far in this season, we've we've got two points away at teams that you'd expect to be in mid-table. So an away draw at Wolves and away draw at Brighton—it's a good result. Getting anything from Man City is a good result. Progressing in the Cup, fine, like good result. And obviously the win against forest, you you'd want to be beating the newly promoted side. So I would say like so far, four games into the premier league, one, one round of the cup out of the way. I think we're doing well. I think we're playing some good football. And I think that we are, there's different aspects of the game that's being highlighted in different, uh, different fixtures.
1: Yeah. I've been, I, I'm, I'm feeling very positive. Uh, the, the, the game that sticks in the mind for me is the Man City game because of uh, the standard of the opposition, because it was at home and the atmosphere from watching it on television looked incredible because we were at one stage 3-1 up. Mm. And yes, it was nice to dream up. You know, I allowed myself to think that we might actually get those three points, but we deal, did still get a result. Um, there was a phenomenal free kick from Kieran Trippier. Mm-hmm. an amazing performance from alan sit maxman mm-hmm. and it was we, we have in the last i don't know two or three years pre-takeover had the odd really good result against um top opposition but this was a, an exceptional performance and a really um we we we, I was going to say, beat, but we we nearly beat and did get a a draw against Man City. Not by sitting back and soaking up the pressure and getting a lucky goal on the counter attack. Counter attack. Mm. We like really posed them problems. Do you know what I mean? We really challenged yeah. them with our attacking play, and that's just something we haven't seen in years. Right.
0: Well, yeah, because it was the thing that stood out for me in the, the man city game is like you say we didn't just sit back and try and kill the game um we 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 were brave in in possession because with man city they've got like their two wing backs i mean it's been spoken about a lot but their two wing backs push into the middle which leaves a lot of space out wide but you have to be brave in in possession of the football to find those runners so we were getting a lot of joy um joe linton played an absolutely storming game um Breaking up play and then finding runners. Um, it was also important that although we went a goal down, we didn't change the way that we were approaching the game. Because like, normally, if you go f- a goal five minutes in, you know, five minutes into the game, you go a goal down against Man City or Liverpool, you're, you're expecting five or six nil. You know, you, you just that's that's the mentality. But like Eddie Howe was on the side of the pitch, and for, at one point, I think it was like fifteen minutes in he was at the side of the pitch and we were in attack. They recovered the ball and the players started to drip back. And Eddie, Howe was like, no fucking stay there, stay up there. And we were in, you know, biting into tackles. We were pressing them intelligently. And the three goals that we got were, were, you know, exemplars of different styles of attack, you know, like the the chance for Wilson was a lovely break with uh, St. Maximum releasing the ball very well and um, Wilson taking the chance very well. The, the goal for Almiron, cross comes in from the left and he and he puts it away with his thigh. But yeah, just... And then obviously Trippier's wonderful free kick. It was, yeah, it was great. And we had chances to win it. And it was great to see us, like you say, just go toe-to-toe with arguably the best club side in Europe. I wonder if,
1: as the season... Progresses just put down or on it, as I am wont to do. I wonder if as the season progresses, there might be the case of other sides who are following us, adapting to this new Newcastle and realising that because we are more attacking now, Mm -hmm. they're going to find weaknesses and holes that they can attack that are are, are as yet undiscovered. in the way that we took advantage of that Man City um, win-backs. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's interesting because I think the Brighton and the Wolves game show that we've got a, a, a reliable defence, certainly with Nick Pope and the, the Brighton game. Nick Pope had a brilliant game in the Brighton game, um, but we've got quite a solid defence. And when Botman gets a little bit more used to the Premier League, and when Matt Targets back and Trippi is back and when that back, those five players get used to each other, I think our defensive performances will, will improve further. I mean, Sven Botman I've seen a little bit of criticism on Twitter and I think it's massively harsh because I think he's had a really good start to his career at Newcastle. He's won 100% of his aerial duels in the Premier League so far. He he passes the ball really well. He he reads the game very well. I think he's I think he's a really good defender. And like I say, if we can get those five players getting a good amount of game time together, I think our defense is do, doesn't look weak in any one place.
1: I uh, let's talk about the Wolves game. I actually looking at our defense. Who was our defense for the Wolves game? Burn, Botman, Trippier, and Shaw. Uh... Shaw. Sure. Sure. I actually find them difficult to assess Botman's performance because from watching on TV where the the screen isn't right in my face I find that our um, back four they're all like white men with similar (laughs) haircuts and similar builds obviously Tripp is like a lot (laughs) shorter than Dan Byrne for example but like they've all got short hair of the same colour. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So I haven't really been able to, certainly between Byrne and Botman, particularly in the wide shot, tell who's doing which (laughs) action. So I will learn that over time, and then you may get a more thorough assessment from me. But for now, I'm sorry, me, the host of the Newcastle United podcast, is still... Differentiating Botman and Byrne from a distance, in terms of, because they've got similar hair and they're both quite big.
0: Can I be but, honest? Yeah, Can I be honest. Yeah, it's chiefly when I look back at um, the highlights or the stats that I then go, "Oh, it was Botman who did yeah. that. That's yeah, dead good." Good. good yeah, yeah. I'm
1: glad to know I'm not the only one. So, uh, the Wolves game what
0: what did you think of it, Dave? I, I thought we played really well. We had more possession. We had more shots. We had more, like, better XG, or I think our XG was two. I think, um I saw, I saw like, Ruben Neves um, in the post-match interview was fucking salty. He was saying like, oh, it's a typical game for them. It's long balls and second balls and they didn't really want to play football and all the rest. We were by far the better footballing side in that fixture. I think, we were defensively sound. Um, I don't think we were we very good in on in the attack until Wood went off. And then I think the movement of St. Maximum, Fraser and Almiron in that front three, that played havoc with how Wolves were set up. Because originally, uh, Semedo was just on St. Maximum all the time. And he was our chief outlet. And they kind of nullified that threat. But as soon as Wood went off, St. Maximum went into the center, that's when the game was stretched, and we could easily have won that game. I mean, you've got like St. Maximum's almost like one on one chance, and you've got um Anderson hitting the bar, and you've got Sean Longstaff getting that pull back in the box, which could have been a penalty.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that penalty. And 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 in that same same situation. Willock ended up with an amazing chance, which seems not to have been noticed. Uh, yeah. Like that I think he should have put, put away. He's not the goal scorer that um, he seemed to be a, a year or so ago. I
0: um, mean, we have to say that the the two goals in that game were worthy of winning any Premier League fixture. They like never Oh
1: great. Oh, put them on the wall. Put them, <laughs> put, them, put them up. No, they were they were worthy of winning any um trophy in the world they were worthy of winning the, the Oscar for best lighting they were that good
0: how um, like in terms of volleys where does Alan St Maximum's volley sit for you from Newcastle players I mean obviously it's going to be below Shearer's against Everton I'd assume he's against Villa but does, like it's in that
1: esteem. country I was country. very excited at the time and stunned that he'd put it away. It was a very difficult skill. And on a first viewing, I was like, that's goal of the season. <laughs> and then I was like, well, no, it's it's a goal of the month contender. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's 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 probably not even gonna win goal of the month. But yes, I mean, when you compare it with Shearer against Everton or Robert against Spurs whatever Mm -hmm. for me for a a volley to be out of the absolute top draw it has to be Laces
0: and does it matter where in the goal it ends up because I think because it wasn't you know up where the spiders live
1: I mean it was in the corner but yeah top corner looks better but it was a very pretty goal it wasn't like one where it didn't get deflected or something or it didn't Mm. Swerve a bit and deceive the keeper and end up going like in the middle of the goal. It was like it was yeah. in the corner. It was a very very pretty goal. And uh, Saint Maximin had like he did have two two players on him for most of the game, but he had been quite frustrating. And he hadn't been. He's still been like our best player attacking wise, but it's just that it's that thing with Saint Maximin where. When you've seen him put in the kind of performance that he did against Manchester City, yeah, and it's just that knowledge that he has that in him to just and, and I understand that playing Man City up against Kyle Walker, who he absolutely my conned, he was it was <laughs> it's <was> reminiscent of, <laughs> of Kyle oh, he's
0: my conned him
1: <laughs> absolutely. Do you know what it's reminiscent of? of Kyle Walker? But like, that's because City don't have the They've got the, the ego correctly, to not double up on a player because they're like, well, why should we? With Manchester City and every one of our players is world class. Go on, Dave.
0: To, the one it reminded me of is uh, when Musa Sissoko basically retired Ashley Cole. Right. In his, do you not remember in his in his debut, like, <laughs> Sissoko had had Ashley Cole on fucking toast. Right. Burned him for speed. He outmuscled him. He was he was all. Saint Maximum against Kyle Walker. There was a point where Kyle Walker looked across at the bench and shook his head, as if to go, "Like, the fuck do I do about this lad?"
1: But there was, and you know, he is a Saint Maximum is a player who you get the sense the extra motivation of being in a box office game. He knew that that was the game of the weekend. He was in the four thirty kickoff on Sky Sports against Manchester City, Mm. and he rises to those sort of occasions in general. Uh, But like, away at Wolves, it wasn't really happening for him. No. Until, I think, all got through him on the edge of the box and he (sighs) did something
0: absolutely stunning. World class. Like, genuinely a world class finish. The technique for it was absolutely world class. I did want to speak very quickly about Tranmere and say that for all it was our second string, I think it was a pretty professional performance. And... It, although they looked like a team that hadn't played together before as a team, which they hadn't, um, I think it was a, a pretty professional performance. I just think the referee let the game down a bit by letting too much physicality go on unpunished. I'm quite fine with a lower league team reducing the game with physicality, but there has to be punishment meted out. Um, Cause otherwise you get the instant where you've got like, I mean, Emil Kraft's done his ACL and he's going to be out for the foreseeable. Um, Kieran Trippier got booted a couple of times. Jamal Lassell's got his nose broken. Like, there's injuries all over the place because of this physicality that wasn't punished by the ref.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I I think we should have a break now, but there is a lot more to talk about. After the break, we will talk about... I think we should talk a little bit more about the Wolves game. We should talk about Elliot Anderson, I reckon. I think Mm. he deserves a mention. And, uh, of course, we should talk about our new record signing, signing, Isak. So um, let's have a break, and more will follow.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. (gasps)
1: Right, so uh, we'll, we'll speak a little bit more about the world's game because I think it's worthy of mention that uh, Elliot Anderson made I'm sorry, I should have checked this. It wasn't his debut, his first Premier League performance, was it? No, it's no, he's, he's, he's played like
0: bit parts before,
1: it wasn't his, but he's it he feels like he's uh starting to play be considered more a part of the squad now um, he came on and very nearly got the winner. It's such a shame that he didn't it was a header that hit the bar mm. Dave I mean it would have been nice wouldn't it
0: yeah it would have been a beautiful story I think I think the nice thing about the way that he's coming into this side is that it's a pretty it's a pretty good football side. So he's not being, you know, thrown in out of his depth as too early in age. He's been out on loan. He's had a good loan spell. He's come back. He's played his way into the consideration for the first team and or the first team squad rather. And when he's joining the side, it's not like with five minutes to go when he's got like Christian Atsu or you know, fucking Sylvan Marvo or someone like that around him. He's still playing with very good players. So he's able to play his football at a higher standard because of the players around him. So I, I'd like to see him play certainly in the cup game. I'd like to see him p- play a, a bit against Crystal Palace. I think with the injuries that we've got, we'll see more of him so that we can protect the other ones. He, he won't be ready to start, but you know, replacing Willick or Sean Longstaff for the last half hour or whatever. I think that's that's good. I think in the Wolves game, one thing that he did do when he was introduced is that um, he he provided a link between the attacking players in the midfield much more so than than Willick and Longstaff were doing. Right. I mean,
1: he he did start against uh, Tranmere. Mm. And- I'm ashamed to say, maybe it's because he's another guy with short hair of the same (laughs) colour. But um, I didn't, I didn't, he didn't sort of set that game alight, but you know, that's, that's, that's completely fine. Neither did anyone else. Um, He does seem like a really exciting prospect. I wonder whether, because, you know, I was, I did a bit more reading on him this week and, I didn't realise just how successful his spell had been at Bristol Rovers. I know it was in League Two, which is a long way away from the Premier League. Joey Barton, his manager at Bristol Rovers, did compare him to Maradona. (laughs) (laughs) I would suggest that's maybe putting a little bit too much pressure on his shoulders. But, But who's to say? I mean, you do get at... Just, you know, we are not there yet. But we are a side who now has uh, a lot of money at our disposal. So you might think that as time goes on, all solutions will be found via the transfer market. But at a lot of top clubs, the top academy players do find a way through. Phil Foden, Mason
0: Mount, Look at Arsenal, look at Spurs, you know, Harry Winks and, you know, yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool,
1: They all have players that find their way through. Rarely does a player find their way through for us. I would hope that now there's an improvement in coaching and an improvement in the way that we're like looking after these players that if he has what it takes to be a major part of what is hopefully now going forward a, a, a top eight or even potentially in the future, a top six, top four side. I would hope that he's got the talent to be a part of that, but I would hope that what doesn't hold him back as it might've done in the past is like mismanagement, but mm. we'll see. But I wonder whether I, I do wonder whether we'll talk about it in a minute. There's as the, at the time of recording, there's, Three days until the transfer window closes. I wonder whether there might be a couple more players brought in and he goes out on loan.
0: I think, um, and we can talk about him, I think his, pos- like where he sits in the pecking order is safe. Because I think if we were to bring in, um, like the type of players we're looking at, apparently is either goal scoring right hand side player. Um, that's why we were looking at Shao Pedro from Watford and a couple of others or central midfield. um, But like at the, at the defensive side of that, um, because of the injuries that we've got to Callum Wilson and um, how, how often Alan's maximum is targeted. I would say that Anderson's ahead in the pecking order of Murphy in that position, in that, like, attacking midfield position. Right. I would say that Anderson's ahead of playing someone like Longstaff or Willick out of position in that area. I'd say that he's pretty much or only, like, true blue attacking midfielder. Um, we don't tend to play with it but it's something it's like another option off the bench so i think his position's safe so i wouldn't expect him to go out on loan i'd expect him to be part of the first team squad for the foreseeable well i hope so it's just a shame
1: that when you take out when the fact that we're not in europe it's not actually that many games unless there's an injury crisis there's not many games you can see him starting you know and
0: no but then you look at the phone at man i was going to say yeah 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 like he 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 was only getting like five, 10 minutes at a time. And then suddenly he's now, yeah, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, we'll see, but who it remains to be seen the level of his talent, but you know, it would be nice to think that he could be mm-hmm. a major part of things going thought forward. Um, Almiron did get a mention there. We've got a, a message here from Ed Fusco on Twitter, and he says, "Although much to his credit, Almiron will chase the ball like a dog after a frisbee. Do we need a right winger that isn't scared of using his right foot? Quite a few chances have come his, come his way in the last few games, but he looks hesitant to take them on with his right. I mean, we, we've discussed that before, haven't we? But
0: mm. I, I think Almiron, if not this window." If not this season, then soon he'll be one of the players that we move on because for all he is like you can't fault his endeavour. His end product is not good enough, not for the level that we're aiming at, which is why we were looking at, like I say, Madison, Shao Pedro, that right sided goal threat. I think I've
1: threat. Heard, and I said something about Everton being interested in Almoral this weekend. Was that a-
0: really? But the thing is if if I'm if I'm like Dan Ashworth And Everton come knocking on the door for Almiron. I know that they've got a lot of money from the Gordon deal that's likely to go through. They've got a lot of money from Richarlison deal. They're not short of a Bob or two in terms of like assets. So I'd I'd be asking for the world from them, especially as they're in a, they would traditionally be a mid-table rival, but they're in a slump at the minute. I would want to take advantage of that. They're not in a strong bargaining position we managed to get rid of Perez for £30 was it? Mm. Which, you know, I thought at the time, I was like, well, he's a much
1: better player than Newcastle fans give him credit for, but what he's done since It's not been phenomenal. But, like, no matter what we get offered, if we lose Almiron, we need a replacement, right? But it is is true that at the moment, the gap in quality between
0: us attacking on the left-hand side on um, the right hand side is huge. It's massive. Um, I mean, Isaac, we can talk about him now if you like. Like this, this Alexander Isaac from Real Sociedad. Like 60 million I mean, uh, Isaac. Quid. Yes. Like it's a lot of money. And we're mostly paying for potential. We're mostly paying because he's 22 and he's already good. We're mostly playing for the player that we expect him to be in like four or five seasons' time. Um, but he can play that wide forward. He's not. That's not where he's best. He's best in the centre. But if we've got Wilson, Saint Maximum, and Isaac as a as a front three, that is better than Almiron by orders of magnitude. It is exponentially better. And when Wilson if it invariably gets injured, you shift Isaac to the Isaac to the the middle. I still want a João Pedro, uh Madison, somebody better at, on the right-hand side. And I've I got... I don't think
1: we'll buy an Isak for four or five seasons' time. At least I hope not. I think he's still going to be a major part of our side now. I think he's going to improve. Oh, it.
0: yeah, yeah. No, sorry. I, I maybe didn't explain it. I meant, like, the fee. You're yeah. paying 60 million quid because if you were trying to buy him in three or four seasons' time, he'd be... You know you know forty eighty, 40 million pound more than but the six
1: there's been so many
0: uh,
1: threads on him and uh, pieces on him this week that you know I'm pretty well read now on how he he's like has seen in in Europe that how how he's ended up here and it seems like he was a a top prospect that was almost considered up there with the likes of Haaland
0: mm-hmm.
1: and dropped off a bit, has still been uh very playing very well, but like um that's why he's not immediately going to like one of the top sides in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hopefully the perfect fit. For us, he still had a good season last season for Real Sociedad. It just was not the season that he'd had
0: before. Previously. There was something I read that he was... um, that Real Sociedad changed the way they played and they brought in another striker. And that that other striker was like the the main man, the main target. And um, Isak dropped off a little bit in terms of performance, but also positionally. He wasn't the the focal point, but he's still putting in really good. He's still putting in really good numbers. He's still like a good player with plenty to offer. And the things that are letting him down are where he's taking the shots from. He's not taking the shots from the, within the six yard box as he was when he had that unbelievable season. It's now further out. And those shots, they're not coming off as often as you'd want them to for, for that. Area, but it's just he's not in that box. He takes a lot of first-time shots, and when he was in the sixty-yard box, they were all going in. Well, uh,
1: it's very exciting to think how good he could be. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's hope he is. Um, what else do I want to say? We wore we wore the Saudi Arabian kits against Wolves, which really irritated me and it took me a good 20 minutes to cleanse that out of my system before I could stop, start pretending that that wasn't there and mm. make myself not care about it put away my morals for a while so yeah I keep on forgetting I keep on getting dragged in or you might say risen whatever the white thing is to being excited about Newcastle And then they bring me back down to, like, little reminders of, like, oh, yeah, you like, see a news story about, like, basically the owns our football club sending a woman to jail for 30-something years for using Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, And then, Mm -hmm. like, a couple of days later, we turn out in the Saudi Arabian kit. It's like, uh, ah. It's not great. It's harder and harder to, like, distance ourselves from it,
0: you know? Yeah.
1: It's like, you know.
0: I, like, it, it, seemed, it seems it seems tough to me to to choose to play away in that kit now because it's so close to the announcement of the kit, so close to the announcement of that poor woman being put away. Was it for thirty five years for being critical of the regime on Twitter? I mean, Jesus Christ, that's that's barbaric. I I think I would have chosen one of the other three kits that we have to play against Bulls because black and white does not clash with Bulls gold and black does it? That's so,
1: there's a very simple, you know they are they are putting that money into our club for a reason you know there's a reason why we did our mid-season break in Saudi Arabia you know
0: sure you know, um, the
1: reason why we've got that kit so you but, know, they,
0: but uh, what I think is yeah. important is that we don't we don't try and defend it like mm-hmm. I've seen people saying, "Oh, it looks like the Irish kit." It's fucking doesn't. It's the Saudi. Let's let's not. Let's just own up yeah, to it.
1: People going, "Oh, we're not allowed to wear green now." It's fine. Like if you're, if, you know, it is what it is. I'm still here, getting excited about new signings and mm-hmm. enjoying goals and whatever. But like you know, it's it is for me tainted, and I'm unable to pretend. It is not a case of like, oh, what, because we got to have a green kit now. No, I mean... You know
0: I mean? Are, we, are we like the, the commuters who, who, would, who would be pleased that the trains are running on time but try and distance themselves from the fact that it was the Nazis that got them running on time?
1: Maybe, but I suppose even then it's like, yeah, I mean, I imagine if you were, no matter what your opinion in... Um, Whatever it was I don't don't know when trains were running the best in Nazi Germany let's say 1930s Germany if you were a a commuter in 1930s Germany no matter what your opinion on the regime was I imagine you probably were quite grateful that the trains were on time running on time probably didn't talk about the Nazis being bad the whole of your journey that's what it is but you know we didn't have to dwell on that. So let's move from the Knots mean, <laughs> um, Emil Kraft. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, he's done his ACL. That's not good. He's yeah, it's very for... bad.
1: Just as he was starting to become actually a pretty valuable member of our squad, mm. especially considering uh, Trippier does seem to pick up a fair few injuries. Um, Tom Moss says, do you think we will buy Slash loan another fullback To cover the injury to Emil Kraft If so who? Maybe Axel LeGrand <laughs> um, That's a reference to A long running joke um, Yes we do still have Mankio who is yet To rear his handsome head this season
0: um, Good news for you another man With short dark hair
1: Yeah yeah I think I can deal With it. right it's the center of defense I out,
0: But yeah um i wouldn't be shocked if we pulled in a like a right back on loan who could serve as cover for Trippier and an improvement on Mankio while Kraft who, is out
1: but who are you who are you going to get on loan who's unlikely to play that much
0: you'd have to be looking at a young full back from one of the elite clubs like a Liverpool, a Man City, a Barcelona, you know, whoever it is. But on yeah.
1: those clubs, they're just going to really, they're going to have high demands and they're going to want their player to get minutes. Otherwise, why let go of them? They don't need the cash.
0: No. But I don't know. It, because it, um, it, it, unless the, unless he can play in several positions, like left back and right back, like that Serginho Des.
1: Is James Perch still playing?
0: Oh, yeah, I would, I'd take him. Um, how funny would that be, seeing James Perch alongside Bruno Gugneres and Isaac and Trippier? No, I don't know. I, I think it would make sense to buy somebody and or, or loan somebody, but I just I, I don't know who that would be. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: maybe someone shot Maybe it'll be Aguele Grand. And uh, Ed Fosco says, our lack of uh, recognised... Um, CDM, that's a football manager term, central defensive midfielder, is a hole in the squad that has been left since Hayden went to Norwich. It's crying out for another enforcer, like Axel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, it seems like a higher priority for us than that is a right-sided attacker. Yeah. Yes. Are you hearing any names in the central defence midfielder bracket?
0: Just, just the ones that we've been linked with before like um uh, sumar um bakayoko but a lot of it's just agent talk because you attach yourself to you know you're trying to get a move and you know that Newcastle are in the market for lots of players so you just put the name out in I think I think we will make a couple of signings but I, do I as think well. it'll be striker. I think it'll be at the f- the front end of the pitch. I don't think we need we're crying out for a defensive midfielder because of the um, the way that we set up with Bruno, Joelinton, and either Longstaff or Willock. They are all instructed to break up play. They are all instructed to put the tackles in.
1: That's what I was going to say. I mean, in in terms of times gone by, we're a side now who regularly. Gets more possession than the opposition. That is just um, unheard of in under both the Bruce and Benitez eras.
0: Yeah, I, even before Benitez, like we weren't a team that dominated possession. We had sixty seven percent possession against against Wolves yeah. at Molyneux.
1: So even al- although we did miss him, even without Bruno our midfield is so improved in recent times that yes, I'm not panicking about that area of the pitch, but we are a club with ambition now and ESAC took us all by surprise and we heard it a long while ago, but I don't think any of it, it just sort of came out of nowhere. I don't think any of us were expecting us to make that kind of big signing. No. So who knows what else might come in the next couple of days, like really...
0: I'm also interested in outgoings because uh, Dubravka's everything I've seen on Twitter tonight is that Dubravka has agreed to move to Manu on loan with an obligation to buy yeah. um, if certain criteria are met. And it's the kind of criteria that he's li- like Manu are likely to meet. Um, it's like six million quid to take him on loan, and then they've got to buy him outright. I can understand it because he he's not going to sit on the bench at Newcastle, and because Pope's number one, Darlow's quite happy to sit on the bench. I guess, but he's not going to, but he's not
1: coming in to be the number one keeper for Manu. But I guess that whatever the um, dire straits that Manu are in at the moment being a bench goalkeeper for Man U is an upgrade on being a bench goalkeeper for Newcastle. It's an opportunity Mm -hmm. to be at one of that, you know, at one of Europe's top clubs. Just if you've got no affiliation with Newcastle, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll take that. I'm going to sit on a bench. You'll be there and they're likely to play more games this season.
0: Yeah. And and they will get
1: whatever. So he's more likely to get some game time
0: and also if he is if he if they do fulfill the obligations and they have to buy him, then he's a man u player, and then he can you know his any any contract he signs after that will come with the man u premium still to this day and also uh, weirdly
1: um Nick Pope is probably more secure in his position as goalkeeper for us than David De Gea is not as goalkeeper for Manu. I don't expect him to lose his place, but I think yeah, Manu regret well, isn't Didn Henderson.
0: It's a really strange one because Dubravka is he's a good shot stopper and he's a you know top six goalkeeper in my opinion. But like sixth in the top six because he can't play with a ball at his feet.
1: Ross Barkley became available today. He's been released by
0: Chelsea. I wouldn't touch him with a barge bowl. Yeah. Not even on a free. I just, I don't think that he, I don't think he solves any of the questions that we're asking.
1: No, I don't think so. But it's just, I thought I'd throw it in there. It's interesting, isn't it? It's funny. These, just interesting, these players, how they're over a couple of seasons. You know, it might not even be their fault. Just players' stock just completely changes.
0: Deli Alley is a perfect example. Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean Deli Alley, it would seem that he bears some of the blame for that. Maybe Ross yeah, yeah. does for him. But like, it's just, you know, a move can just not work out for you as a player. Yeah. And then everything changes. <laughs> like, Ross Barkley hasn't had a lot of injuries, has he? It's not that.
0: I don't think so, no.
1: He doesn't have like, a, a bad reputation, particularly, I
0: don't think. Well, he, he might not have a publicly bad reputation, but in the in the training grounds and you know, in the squad, he's right. maybe he's yes. maybe it he was
1: always a case of him being bought and him hoping that he could push his way into that side. Mm. But he's being bought to be a squad player and it hasn't worked out for him. And now they're going to do exactly the same by buying Gordon from Everton. I mean, isn't is that, is that just surely Ross Barkley Mark II? It's like
0: I, I don't is understand. You're going to ruin another
1: Everton player's career.
0: It's bullying at this point, isn't it?
1: Hmm.
0: They're just bullying Everton. Everton are, Everton are in real trouble as well because they haven't replaced Richarlison in the aggregate. They haven't. I mean, they brought in Neil Mope from Brighton. He's not—he's not like a a reliable striker, like, and he's not the maverick that Richarlison is. I cards on the table. I think they're going down this season.
1: Um, more on Chelsea. Callum mm-hmm. Hudson Odoi has gone to um, buy a Leverkusen on loan. Mm-hmm. So that's no longer an option. We've been linked with him. We have also been linked with Conor Gallagher. I'm hearing Tuchel likes him, despite him getting sent off stupidly in the last game. He yeah. was probably my favourite player in the Premier League last season.
0: Palace are desperate for him to come back, because he, what he adds to that Crystal Palace side is huge. What yeah, he adds to the Chelsea side is very little.
1: I would imagine he'd enjoy going back in that dressing room and you'd have to assume not having to move house hmm. but um, yeah it probably isn't exactly what we need but you know
0: we, we, we'd we be I, better I off with Pulisic Pulisic
1: Pulisic Dave <laughs> Dave you just come alive <laughs> I really want Pulisic
0: he's not going anywhere why is he not going anywhere that's, that's what, not on the side. Reports on Twitter is that there is no appetite to send him out on loan, that he will be around the squad, that they're going to... Tuchel likes him and wants to keep him around. It could just be, you know, gamesmanship, and they're yeah, waiting for like somebody to throw 60 million quid at them. But <laughs> if they're bringing in Anthony Gordon... Pulisic Gorton, the
1: job right, right? He could go on the right.
0: Yeah, 100%. I don't think we will. I think Pulisic is beautiful player
1: I think he reminds Mm. he reminds me of Hazard that's that's quite well I'm not saying he is equivalent to Hazard just his style in the same way that um, Eddie Anderson reminds Joey Barn of Maradona (laughs) I just think like you know he's one of them he's a very classy player space opens up around him how would you? No, uh,
0: I, I like him, but I wouldn't pay the kind of money that Chelsea would demand for him. Because if, if they're buying Gordon for 60 million, they'll be asking for like 50, 60 million for Pulisic. And I, we're not paying that. I, like, I think our business so far has been excellent with the asterisks over Chris Wood.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, there'll be much to talk about. As the season goes on I do hope that We're able to continue doing this podcast And we don't have so many Fucking issues getting it out to you Mm. Um Uh, at the time of recording Uh It's it's Monday night tonight On Wednesday night we're playing Liverpool all the way They Just, they had a pretty ropey Start to the season Then, uh lost to Man U when Man U had had an even ropier start to the season. Uh, but in their most recent game, they won uh, with a record scoreline of 9-0 against Bournemouth. How do you feel about going to Anfield, Dave, and what do you reckon will happen?
0: Well, it's interesting because the, the previous 9-0s that have happened in the Premier League, the next game for those nine nil, um, you know, victors, have been like low scoring, like nil nils, one nils, nil ones. So oh, there we go. With that in mind, I, if we had a full strength team, I'd fancy us to get a draw. Without the Wilson, without Bruno, perhaps without Trippier. Question marks over St. Maximum. I would say our best chance of a victory is starting with Chris Wood, spoiling the game as a contest for as long as possible and hoping to get like a a 1-1 or a 0-0. I'd
1: say one thing to look out for is the fact that uh, despite them winning 9-0, Mo Salah didn't score in the last game. I I could imagine a Mo Salah hat trick on Wednesday night. I think he's absolutely desperate to get on that score sheet. So I'm going to say it's going to be a 3 1 victory to Liverpool. I do hope Isak makes his first appearance. I hope he starts. I don't see why not. My only fear is that this country is grinding to such a halt. At the moment that that work permit will just not show up, <laughs> it just it will just we just will not have the civil servants in this country to send the required facts to uh to, to make him eligible to play. Um, we'll see if we get another podcast in before the palace game. We probably won't on Saturday. We're we'll playing palace at home, yeah. Go on, throw in a prediction for that.
0: Palace Norm, I think with we'll have players back, and I think we'll win two one. Two one. I'll go along with that.
1: No, I'll, I'll do the reverse. I'll say three one. So we'll lose three one to Liverpool. We'll win three one to Palace. Okay. And as Dave Downs, the last of his squash, <laughs> 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 uh, we will end the podcast there. Thank you very much to you, Dave Watson.
0: Cheers, Fergus.
1: And thank you to you, the Newcastle Nasa listener. Goodbye. If okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.
0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
1: Chumba.
0: Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen The Bride and Groom?